Welcome back to another episode of Life Authentic with Christy and Beth. We are so excited to have our very special guest today, Mr. George Harris. Yes, George is such a special person. He has an incredible story to share, and we're so excited to have him here today. We have had so many people ask, when is the George episode? And we are so excited to finally be sharing that with y'all. Those who know George know what an, an incredible human he is. And those of you who don't know him are about to find out. Absolutely. George is known around town for doing something he calls walking for God. George sits down with us and shares his very heartfelt story about how he goes from a full-time athlete playing three different sports to a quadriplegic. Yes, it's such an amazing story. He tells his very personal struggle about how he was in the hospital and had basically given up hope and just wanted to die, thinking that he would never walk again. And basically his life was over in in his mind. And he shares that beautiful story of how he got through that and began to talk to God on a daily basis and begin to regain his hope. We're so excited to share this beautiful story with y'all. Hey, George, we're so happy to have you with us today. Good. I'm glad to be here. We're, we've been so excited about recording this episode <laughs> with you because ever since we posted that we were going to have you on here, we've had so many people. You're like a local celebrity. Mm. So everybody's like, when is George going to be on the podcast? <laughs> yeah, yesterday, everybody was saying they knew he was coming to record. Yeah. And they were all, everybody was talking about it yesterday. Yeah. It's exciting. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so glad to have we, you. We feel honored to have you here. So um, I met you actually several years ago when I lived in Madison, and anybody who lives in Madison and has been through there has probably seen you walking through there. Correct. But I used to get out and walk and run through Madison, and that's when I first met you years ago. I didn't know your whole story back then. Yes. I only knew just a little bit about it. Um, It wasn't until recently that I actually kind of heard your whole story. And Beth and I were so touched by it. We were like, oh, my gosh, we yeah, have to have him I, on the podcast. I only, met, um, I only met you in the gym. I didn't know yeah. you, and I didn't realize. How long ago was that that you met, George? So it was probably back while. in, like, 2013 or 14, yeah. I want to yeah. say. Yeah. I would say. Yeah. And he would always be out walking, and then I would run into him at, like, other places, and he'd be like, I haven't seen you out walking lately. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so when I, I, that was the first time I had met George was from the gym. And when he started telling us a little bit, I think we, I think we both cried, George, the first day that you started really? telling us your story. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, we, yeah, we were so tearing touching. up in there. Yeah, okay. you're very inspiring. <laughs> why don't you, um, why don't you start, George, by just telling us a little bit about your younger life? I, uh, I went, I went to uh, elementary school at Pearl Street School and then, uh, from there, they told us that we was going to have to integrate to Morgan yeah. County High School. So uh, I want, I was, I've always been a sports guy, yeah. and I wanted to play football anyway. And Pearls didn't have football. They had basketball only. So the uh, basketball coach told us we might as well uh, go ahead and go over there a year earlier for the integrate because they're going to do it anyway so okay. i went over there in the i think ninth grade and uh i started playing football when i played four sports i played football baseball basketball and track uh 
had to run – I didn't want to run track, but the football coach was the uh, track coach also. So he sort of blackmailed me and said <laughs> that if I couldn't play – couldn't run track. I couldn't play football. Uh-oh. <laughs> so I had to do that, too. So I'm sure that helped with your football playing. Though, yeah, well. it did, but it kept me busy. That's Yeah, that's a lot. And uh, I, uh, I found myself, which I was, I guess I was ignorant. You know, they had me in some, uh, I guess, advanced class, college preparatory classes, but all my football buddies would... They, they was going to those easy class, so I went with them. Mm. And when that's a mistake I made, you know, I yeah. didn't, didn't, I should have been taking algebra and geometry, and I didn't. <laughs> so uh, I played football four years at, at Morgan County. Uh, the first couple of years I was playing defenses, defensive safety and split in, and then the they changed coaches, and then I played quarterback my f- last to my junior senior year on the football team, and then I played baseball, pitch, and I played well, I played multiple positions, and I've been playing. I was playing sport here since I was knee high, so I I knew how to play, you know, somewhat everything. Yeah. What was your favorite sport, would you say, since you played everything? It was baseball. Baseball was your favorite. Yeah, but the coach, when he didn't (laughs) – I had to split baseball and track. Yeah. I had to run over there and practice baseball or run over to the track field. It about wore me out. (laughs) It kept me busy. Yeah, playing playing one sport is enough, but doing all of that, that – I mean, but you were very, very active. You were obviously uh, an athlete from the time you were a kid. Yeah, my well, my oldest brother, Donald Harris, he coached a basketball team at Morgan for a long time. But before then, we always would play sports yeah. at home, football, baseball, anything that any season, any sports season, we played that sport. Yeah. So I sort of had the know how and. Uh, I uh I did pretty decent, you know. Yeah. I, I could have did better if I would train for one sport year round, like mm-hmm. the athletes that I came up against that was real good and what they did. Yeah. But I was playing four sports, so I couldn't train in one sport, you know. Yeah. Year round. Right. And uh, I I I finished school and I went to Athens Tech and I got a degree in marketing management. And I went to college a couple of years, but I didn't finish. I don't know why. I got out one summer. I went two years. I got out one summer, and, and uh, Georgia Power hired me. I never made that much money in my life. <laughs> so I just stuck with them. Yeah. I, didn't fin- I wish I'd have got my degree. I could have. You know, I could have passed the courses, but... Uh, I just started making that money, and then I <laughs> too late to go back. Got married, and it was too late to go back. Hey, that's okay. Well, you it know, wasn't too late. I just <laughs> didn't go back. Yeah. Well, you know, um, these days now, though, they're encouraging a lot of kids to, to go to, like, a technical school like yeah. that and to get the training and to, you know, get a job like that because it, it pays a lot of money. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of times people go to college and get a four-year degree 
then they come out and they don't get a job Correct. and they don't they're not making the money so yeah hey that's all good so tell us about uh your wife and when you got married so you right out right out of school you got married and you started making the big money so <laughs> yeah. well i got married uh, to a girl from farmington and uh it was pretty good starting out but i i i had to spend a lot of time on my job my job required i was a Lyman at first, my job required me to uh, go away from home a lot, you know, on storms or lights out, people lights be out. I had, didn't spend a lot of time at home because you're always on call to uh, keep the power on. And uh, matters were pretty good, you know. I, I, my, I made a lot of mistakes in my marriage, you know, from my free time. That I had, I didn't use it wisely. So, uh, I think I stayed married for eighteen years, maybe. Yeah, I think I stayed married for eighteen years. But uh, somehow, me and my wife, we grew apart. You know, like we were strangers. Mm-hmm. By me going around a lot, and my wife, she was. Uh, I don't know how to say this. Just she. Real petty, jealous, I guess. <laughs> I, I guess you I, say it like that. <laughs> and it just, it just fell apart. Yeah. So I got a divorce. And, uh, I moved in. You know, I was by myself a while, and I met a friend. I moved with her. So yeah, here I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, she, I've I've been through a divorce myself, so okay, I know yeah. that's that's just uh, we all have you know, different ways yeah. that we get there sometimes and it yeah. you know, sometimes it just doesn't work. So well, and eighteen years is a long yeah, time it is. to yeah. be married. I've yeah. I've also been through a divorce and I made it to two years, I think. <laughs> two years, okay. <laughs> and I got a divorce after two years, so that's a long time, eighteen years. I had one kid, uh my daughter Charity Harris, she uh, she brought me a lot of joy when she was real young. And then when she got old enough to, you know, be sort of on her own, I didn't see a lot of her because I always had to go on, go to work, you know, storms yeah. or whatever. When I don't didn't go on storms, uh, when I was at home, I get called out at home, lights out, something happened, bad transformer, yeah. anything pertaining to the job, they call you, so... Yeah, that's a really. I've heard that's a really grueling job, and yeah, it does it keep you. You have to be on call when you there's a big storm on, or anything going on. You gotta be on, on call, and somebody gonna go. Somebody gonna go get the lights on, regardless. Right. Yeah. So, so how long would you stay out of town when you left? Uh, if I go on a major storm, you stay fifteen days plus. Oh yeah, that's a while. You know, they tell you pack for two or three weeks, mm-hmm. and then when you you clothes you have run out they wash them anyway <laughs> they're gonna keep you, you till the lights get repaired mm-hmm. there's no leaving early huh no leaving early yeah well, that's pretty demanding though i'm sure that kept you away yeah i worked in all i worked for george power 43 years i retired but during the 43 years i had this i had my injury mm-hmm. my spinal cord injury and I was on a long-term disability for some years, but I finally retired when I turned almost 66, 65 and a half. I retired 43 years. Wow. So. 
since you just brought up your accident, why don't you, let's go back to the day of your accident and tell us, tell us what happened to you and tell us about that day and tell us about your, your Okay. Uh, I got hurt uh, April the 24th, 2005. I had been to work. You know, I, I had been to work. It was a Sunday. I had been to work on my own uh, because uh, I had got an engineering job, and it was very demanding. It's, it's, it wasn't physical demanding. It was uh, mentally. You had to do a lot of paperwork, a lot of electrical drawings, computer work, and all that. And I got home, I, and my friend, uh, Marcus Honeycutt, he had come over. He wanted, he said he wanted to grill some food. I said, well, fine. I wasn't going to do much. I thought, I'm tired. But anyway, uh, we was in the process of grilling. I come out the door, and he, he's playing. You know, he scared me, really. He grabbed me. When, I come, you know, I, when you come out the door, somebody's standing behind the door and spook you. Mm-hmm. And he grabbed me, and instinctively I grabbed him, and we turned, and we was on like a four-feet uh, deck, and we fell off the deck. I fell on top of him. And uh, I felt a sharp pain in my neck when I fell on top of him. And uh, all of a sudden, I, 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 I feel like I was going to explode. I feel like I was swelling up, and I told him I can't move. And he he thought I was playing, but I told him I can't move. And uh, mm. he realized that I wasn't playing. All I know, remember, I, when I got my senses back, I was in the, in the ambulance going toward uh, Athens Regional, it was called then. Yeah. And uh, what I remember when I got there, I remember the doctor, t- my sister had got there telling her, telling her that uh, he probably going to be quadriplegic with, from what he could tell and uh, I, I got mad when I heard him say that. I started kicking the wall, and he told me, you better kick while you can because you ain't going to kick before long. He was right. Mm-hmm. And uh, from that, I, I went blank. I guess they'd given me something. And uh, when I woke up, I was in the, in the uh, intensive care, and I had a male nurse, and I asked him how long I had been there. He said, you've been down here three days. Mm. And uh, I said, yeah. I said, am I going to make it? <laughs> and he said, well, I believe you are. But he said, well, one while we was, we was worried about you. We thought your neck was broken, but it wasn't broken. I had bruised my spinal cord, as what the doctor told me. I had a bone spurs in my neck that I didn't know about, and it bruised my spinal cord real, real bad. And uh, when I was able to get my senses together, I realized I couldn't move. And they told me when I was paralyzed, I couldn't move nothing. And, uh, man, it, my whole world turned upside down. It, I cried, and I didn't know what to do. I couldn't, I couldn't do anything. So I got, you know, I was, I was hard to deal with. I, I didn't, I didn't handle it right. I, uh, Mad, got mad with myself, mad. 
And I shouldn't say that I was mad with God, you know, why it happened to me. You know, I, I didn't know what to do, so people would come and see me. I didn't want to see anybody, you know. All the George Powell people would come see me, my family. And then uh, I had an old nurse. She was getting ready to retire. And uh, she told me, you you need to change your attitude. You sitting up here mad with everybody swore. She's out of whoop your butt. She didn't say that. <laughs> said you can do business, and I, I you know, I, I I thought about that. And my older brother Donna came and told me. You know, I told him I was ready to give up. Uh, I wasn't no fun to live. You know, I couldn't do nothing just laying like that. I don't think I can live like that. And he got on me. And told me you he talked to God and I I did I started talking to him every day all day, <laughs> but still when you know to me when moving fast enough for me I couldn't do anything yeah you know? and uh, I had some bad memories of that I I still I had nightmares about that but I couldn't walk I couldn't do nothing I used to I had one nurse that I really liked. I, I used to worry her to death. I, she come in, I said, ma'am, could you scratch my face? You know, things like that, little things that you don't think about, I couldn't do nothing, and I, I didn't handle it right, you know. So I finally started praying and praying, and my sister came and saw me one day. I said, I said George, saying I can move. She would show me. Couldn't move nothing. It wouldn't move. <laughs> I could. She said, "You just imagine the thing." I said, "I know I can move. I moved last night." She said, "George, are you sure?" Well, it wouldn't move while she was there. So I got sort of bashful, you know, about telling somebody I can move. So when they would leave, my my hand would start moving. Just I said, "Well, this just probably my reflexes," you know. I didn't know, and uh, it would move. I said, well, I'm not going to say anything to nobody, not even the doctor, because if I actually move, it won't move. And uh, finally, the doctor came in there, and he was in there checking me out, and I, he, he, he saw my hand move. He said, Joy, how long has it been going on? I said, about four or five days. But I said, when I told my sister uh, I could move, it wouldn't do anything. So she thought I was lying. So how long was that from when you first fell and when you first got put uh, into the hospital? I think it took me about almost a month and a half before I, my hand started moving. Yeah. But my hand was curled up. I couldn't figure out why it was curled up. He told me just the nature of my injury. Yeah. I couldn't even open my hands, you know. So he... He uh, just told me to be have patient. I, you know, I, I tried to have patient, but all I was thinking about was what I could not do. You know, and I, I was miserable. I really was. And well, I, I can't, I can't imagine being in that situation. Though I think if anybody took a minute to put themselves in that yeah. situation, where you're told you're going to be a quadriplegic yeah. and you can't move, like Good you said, move. just simple things like scratching your face that yeah. we take for granted. Yeah. And feeding yourself. I mean, you're laying there, and you go from, you know, a healthy, 
athletic person to just laying in a bed not being able to move i mean i can't and, and to think about not being able to you're thinking you you won't be able to do that again yes, right. and so that doesn't you said you didn't handle it right but is there a right way to handle well, that you know like that's yeah, gotta be like christy said like that's devastating well i you know i was getting mad with people that i shouldn't have gotten mad right. wouldn't say anything stubborn yeah mule headed you know, they talk to me like I didn't hear them, you know. Oh, uh, yeah. And I just tell them I want to be left alone, all that stupid craziness. And uh, I, when I when I started praying, it seemed like I got more cheerful, and it, I didn't mind. I forgot about that I was like that. Mm-hmm. And I guess that helped time. And I, like I say, eventually I started moving a little bit, but it was – it wasn't control movement. I was I was sort of wow, you know. It it move my hand would move one way when I was trying to tell it to go the other way. Yeah. And eventually, uh, doctor told me I was going to go to physical therapy, as the regional. And when I tried to go, I would I would I would faint. Mm. Couldn't figure out why I would faint. And he, told me uh, well, we got to back off the therapy because it wasn't good to faint. When you faint, you, your brain don't get the oxygen and it's not good. So, well, I say, well, uh, dang, I don't know what to do. I, I want to walk, I want to move. When I try to move, I would faint. Well, that went on three or four days. Eventually, the, faint, the faintness went away. And so... We started going to therapy, and I couldn't. I couldn't stand up. Couldn't walk. My balance. When you get paralyzed, your balance go away. I feel like I was gonna fall every time I get up. And the doctor said, uh, "Just take my time." Eventually, he hoped that would go away, and it finally started going away. And then he told me he's gonna send me to the Shepherd Clinic. And uh, I told him I didn't want to go out there because my sister, she was older. She don't like to drive in Atlanta. And Donna said he didn't want to go to Atlanta either. <laughs> I don't like to drive in Atlanta either. <laughs> he asked me, uh, I asked him, was there any place around there? And he told me St. Mary's had a floor that people, uh, the symptoms I have, is a stroke patient, uh, they, they work with them. And I, I went over to St. Mary's and uh, physical therapy. I went three times a day. I had a a, a, a lady therapy from Winder, and she worked me and she worked me. And, and around about six or seven days over there, she told the doctor, I believe George is going to walk because I really wanted to. You know, I, I, I worked hard at it. And, uh, I ended up leaving out there 11 days. It just, when it started happening, it started happening. Wow. I mean, I couldn't walk well, but I could yeah. walk. With You know, I had to have some aid to help. Right. And eventually, uh, I started walking on my own, but I still would have somebody with me because I felt like I was going to fall. I don't know why. When I get up, I told him, is this feeling of me going to fall, go away? He said he didn't know. And uh, after 11 days, he told me, George, I believe you don't got to go to Shepherd. I believe you. Show me show me again. 
the day he gonna release me, I, well, I walked maybe, I walked down two halls, up and down the hall, back and forth. Wow. Slowly, but you know. Yeah. But he still told me don't walk by myself. I had to have the aid of a uh, four-wheel cane, I call them, you know, uh, assistant walking device. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, he let me went on, but I had to come back to him. And then I still had to go to therapy. I went to uh, East Athens Physical Therapy, and I went to Morgan Memorial Physical Therapy. And they helped me get back on my feet. That is so incredible. I mean, what what an amazing story to go from laying there thinking you're yeah. never going to be able to move again. Yeah. To, but I love your, I love that you said you talked to God every day and that cheered you up and yeah. got you out of that, it, that yeah. negative mind frame that, yeah. I mean, it's easy to understand you being in that place, yeah. but I love that you dug deep and that you, yeah. that you chose to talk to God and that you, you know, made up your mind to, to go to therapy and that you wanted yeah. to walk again. I, uh, well, I didn't have much choice but to talk to God because nothing else wasn't working. <laughs> that getting mad, yeah. acting crazy wasn't working. Yeah. So uh, I uh, I still have issues from that injury, you know. I, uh, when I sit around a lot, it freezes up. And I get so stiff I can't move. Mm -hmm. But that's part of my injury and my age, you know. I, was, I think when it happened to me, I was 50. 51, 52, something like that. It was April the 24th, 2005 when it happened. I think I was 50, I believe. I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I didn't feel old then, but I felt old when I, after my injury uh, started setting in on me. But I, I almost gave up. I did. Uh, Many nights I would lay there and, and I'd just cry. The nurse asked me, what's wrong with you? I told her, I, I ain't happy. I, I don't like living like this. And she told me, they told me, hang in there. And I, finally, like I said, when I start praying, it changed me. Yeah, for whatever reason. And, uh, you know, uh, I tell anybody, I hope nothing like that ever happened to him, but it's hard to accept. And uh, I almost gave up, you know, just, just I guess, just sitting there thinking he couldn't move. Uh, then when I started moving, I asked God to forgive me for thinking about didn't want to live. You know? <laughs> well, you know, you're you're such an inspiration now, George, just hearing your story is amazing but you're such an inspiration because now you're you're back to being so active again yeah. and you're always out walking you're always in the gym doing your your strength training and your exercises you know and beth and i love when you come in the gym we always talk about it because you're you're just like a ray of light you just yeah. come in yeah. and and you're so friendly and you always yeah. have a good word for people we say i hear george yeah because <laughs> from the time you walk through the door we hear well, you talking yeah. to everybody and yeah. asking everybody how they're doing and well uh i reason i walk uh when i when i start praying i, I made a pray to god that if he if he get me up Back on my feet and every me to walk. I don't have to walk perfectly, just walk on my own and take care of myself on. 
I'll do it every day that I can. And that's why I walk every day. That's so awesome. And I, it, it inspired me. when, I, And then when I feel sort of, you know, you wake up, you don't feel well all the time. Mm-hmm. And I say, so I ain't going to do it. And I think about that prayer I made, and I just get myself out of there. <laughs> <laughs> you get out for your I ain't, walk. <laughs> I ain't going to play with that because it might could happen to me again. You know? mm-hmm. never know. Well, it, it, it goes to show, too, how you, you just never know how your life can change That's in right. the blink of an eye. Like, that was such a kind of a freak accident. You're just yeah. hanging out, going to cook some food, and, you know, you never know when your life can take yeah. a turn like that. I uh, I have to be careful now because it's something about you when you, when you, when you, when you balance go away, you feel funny anyway, so I had to be careful. I just can't jump up like you probably can and go over here. Yeah. I had to think about it a minute, so I had to be careful on stuff like that. And uh, it just make you be aware of something you wouldn't do if, if nothing ever helped you like that, you mm-hmm. know. I, you know, I will say to anybody that have a major injury, just don't act like I did, want to give up. Just say you got to hang in there with it. Yeah. Got to have patience. And it did learn me patience. Yeah, I'm Laying sure. there, I got good patience. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. I couldn't do nothing else. Well, you're such an inspiration to other people. I, we wanted to ask you to tell us somebody who has been an inspiration to you in your life. Uh, f- far as uh, well one one person I inspired me was uh, the gym when I when I was going to the gym, uh, Miss Vicky Starr. She would come in there and work all. They had her working like from four o'clock in the morning all eight eight nine o'clock every night. She didn't have any help. And I, I admire her for that. Yeah, I mean, she would yeah. come all the time. She, I mean, she, she really works. She didn't. They didn't. She didn't have any help like she have now. And that kept me going too. I said, "Well, this lady come here every day, work from dark to dark." Mm-hmm. And uh, she didn't let her get her down. She said uh, he wouldn't get the uh, guy wouldn't give her any help at the time, but now she have help. So. That's one person that inspired me. And uh, like I say, my granddad, when I was young, he inspired me. He had health issues where he couldn't hardly walk. And, uh, but he, he would, he ended up, he was bedridden one time, but he got out of bed and started, uh, started moving around, living, I guess, normal life for his age. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I loved what you were saying to the gym yesterday. I was, we were trying to remember, but you said he was, you had us laughing because you said he was set in his ways. Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> you know, when people tell you need to change, you, I want you to do this and do that. He said, well, I, well, how that came about, uh, Miss Starr used to try to get me to come to some of those classes. And I would think about my granddad. I told him, Miss Starr, I appreciate you want me to come in there, but I'm set in my ways. My granddad said, <laughs> He said it his way. I tried to change him, my granddad, when he started back walking. And he told me, go sit down and get out the way. He didn't say it that way. I'm sitting my way. You ain't going to change me. Go ahead on before I hit you. 
you know, I guess that's where that come from. I love that. Well, and I love that you, first of all, like Christy said, you are like a ray of sunshine. You keep us laughing. You're always talking yeah. to everybody and, and, and telling your stories and, and have everybody laughing. But you're also, you do everything that we do in the gym you yeah. you know you're you you walk more than we do i love that you went from not being able to walk and yeah. now that's what you're known for you yeah. know everybody yeah. knows that knows george knows that he's gonna be out walking yeah. he's gonna be in the gym and that's that's very inspiring to me yeah. you know when I, I told the story about um i sat in the parking deck the other day it was the day that we saw you, and I was like, I don't even want to go in and, and work out. Yeah. And then I go in there, and I see you, and you inspire me. Yeah, yeah. I call it walking for God because that's what I promise him. That's what I do. I walk for God and myself. Yeah, I love that. Because you got me up. Somebody, some got me up. You know, here I am. I don't walk perfectly, but I can take care of myself. And people don't realize when you can't do anything for yourself, you feel so helpless and you you don't feel like you're useful to nothing you know i'm sure so i uh that's what keep me going you know and when i can't go i feel bad but i well he i hope you understand i just can't go today you know if something happened to my back or my legs and they get they act up sometimes you know just especially in cold weather yeah. I have trouble in cold weather, but I keep pushing, you know. Yeah. Walk, like I say, walking for God. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. What What would you tell somebody, George, maybe not in your exact situation, but maybe somebody who's going through a really hard time or a hard situation, and like you said earlier, you felt like giving up. What would you tell somebody that's in a dark place and they feel like giving up? Well, if... If they believe in God, pray. Pray and don't give up. Don't think about the negative of your situation like I did. I got carried away, but laying out that I ain't gonna never be able to do nothing. I, I was if I say, if 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 the house gets you on fire for and I can't move, I'll burn it. I was thinking stupid stuff. You're thinking about the bad and, and the bad, negative. Yeah, yeah, and you shouldn't do that. You, you gotta think about what you can do. If you can't do it, you got to figure a way that to work around what you can't do. So I say, don't give up and pray, and hope the Lord answers your prayer. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was he was uh, he was listening when you talked. I think I think uh, you're living uh, proof of that. <laughs> I, well, I'd like to think so. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. George, thank you so much for sharing your story. Yeah. I can't wait for people to hear it because. Just, you know, not only are you an inspiration on a daily basis, just being who you yeah. are, but it's such an, you know, I know it's going to inspire a lot of people to hear your story and to hear yeah. what you came through. Okay. If it helps somebody, great. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I've i done this before, but not with, through the microphone. I've done it with uh, Mr. Dick Hodges. He did something similar to this, and I did with a couple other people, but... First, I didn't want to talk about it, and I thought about it, it might help somebody. And uh, now it don't hardly bother me. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, going through the things that we go through in life, that is what helps us um, 
is when we share it with other people. Yeah. You know, it, I think it, it makes whatever it is that we've gone through mean a whole lot more when yeah. you can use that to help other people. Yeah, and I read your article. It was back in 2014 and in the Lake Oconee News. Yeah. And it was such a great article about you. Yeah, that was all Dick Hodges' yeah. idea. He did. I mean, he's very smart man to me. Yeah. The way he, the way he handled himself, he, it was all his idea. Well, we feel honored that you came to interview, do this interview with us today and to tell your story. It means a lot to us, and that's okay. going to mean a lot to our listeners, so we really appreciate it. Okay. Yes, thank you, George. Thank you all.